0: Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Dustin, Ryan, and Morgan. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook. And uh, be sure to, you know, give us good reviews on Spotify and Apple. Jumping into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, throw things off.
1: Of course. Uh, good week
2: around here. I'm going to spend a lot of time on it and I think uh I think we're going to talk about this some more, but I'm going to go ahead and dive into it right now. Duke baseball won the ACC tournament this past week. Uh you know, what can I say? I I had the field, so I had the advantage. Me and Logan had a little bet going here. Uh the field, he had the Wolfpack. He was correct about the Wolfpack and how well they were playing baseball fortunately the field and specifically Duke baseball came through for me and put an end to that. Um, it was the, as I told him last week, uh, it was the Sunday showdown for the crown and big bro won, So it was pretty good weekend. Um, it was first ACC tournament championship ever for Duke baseball, which I thought was cool. Um, and we were talking about this. (laughs) We were talking about this a little bit before, uh, before we started recording, um, Duke baseball's pitchers just pitched a really good tournament, and that's the reason that they won. Um, they allowed five runs in their four wins. Um, their starting pitchers allowed one walk in four games. Uh, the bullpen only allowed uh, five hits and no runs. Uh, no one even attempted to steal a base. I mean, it was, it was all pitching. Um, so good overall effort. It was great. Uh, good to see, you know, Chris Pollard, who took over that program. I actually thought it was more recent than this, but he was hired in 2013. Has actually really had them play much better baseball in recent years. Um, they've been to regionals and super regionals. Um, they won their first ACC tournament. So props to him, props to the team. Uh, it's fun to see. Um, and it, I'll harken back to a couple of weeks ago, Duke Softball also won the ACC tournament. So softball and baseball teams. Both took the crown this year. For me, it's all great. I'm going to be very happy about that and kick it back over to whoever else.
0: <laughs> all right, Morgan, take it away. All right, <clears throat> let's see
3: here. I'll start with my good. Canes won a uh, playoff game against Tampa Bay in Tampa, which was pretty amazing, I thought. So it looks like we, we got a series here now with uh, Tampa. Hopefully, I can get another one out in Tampa and go home get
0: maybe until tomorrow we'll probably lose tomorrow but anyways i'm not gonna keep
3: people can't be bad and the
0: ugly
4: me and logan shaking our heads
0: (laughs) sorry raleigh can't win anything
2: in sports that's the theme of this podcast actually that's what this podcast is actually about (laughs)
3: take that one win against tampa at least so they didn't sweep them at least i got that until until next time tampa you can Smoot for your baseball team that has no fans that show up. Um, <laughs> great. I'm going to go for of great here.
1: Both kids are my own, with the wife being out of town for a work trip. Uh, did pretty well. I thought it went really good. And let's do an awesome.
3: Crystal got to go see an NBA playoff game. Uh, Nets versus the Celtics. Her first time going to an NBA game with at her uh, new job with the Nets and got to sit in the executive suite with uh, all the big wigs. She enjoyed it really well.
1: So that's my good, great, and awesome. All right. Well, Ryan, did the bad, the ugly.
4: Sure. Um, my good is another you don't win. You sound for- too excited over there.
3: Sure. <laughs> I, think we know, I think we know where his ugly is going
4: Well, good uh, I'm getting bored with all these Hendrick Motorsports wins Sorry I'm so bored over here Another win this week at the Coke 600 um, So we've got Kyle Larson And then we've got Chase And then we've got Liberty's own uh, Bill Byron, William Byron Our uh, three of the top four drivers And then the fourth of the uh, drivers The quiet Hendrick uh, Alex Bowman driver Bowman, the showman. He has two wins. So we got another road course this weekend. So I guess I'm gonna be bored next week because one of either Larson or Elliot's probably gonna win. Uh, So let's go from good to great. Um, Concerts again this summer. Um, My buddy Phil, who I know that we've had on the podcast in the past. uh, My man is out. uh, (laughs) Trust me, if you're in the DC area. Uh, or in Northern Virginia or wherever, look him up. This man's playing about like 120 shows in the next like 100 days or something like that. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out and getting to some concerts. Um, and I also took notice of this uh, just in general. I'm, my greatest concerts in the summer. I'm looking forward to having those back. took notice for those in the D.C. area of a Motley Crew, Def Leopard, and Poison concert. That's happening on Tuesday, uh, June 22nd. So if anybody wants to go to Nat Stadium and go see Motley Crue, Def Levered and Poison, um, sit in a baseball stadium and listen to some electric guitar solos, that's been long missed. So uh, absolutely. Tuesday? Tuesday night, apparently. It, it's, a, it's a redo from last year. So I think they're trying to fit all the dates in like
1: around uh, baseball games. I
3: don't, I don't know if you saw the news or not, but, but Motley Crue's lead singer didn't do very well. At a show he did just recently. Like, he actually got purged food off the stage.
4: Did he spend too much time drinking during
0: quarantine?
3: He couldn't sing, and he actually had to tell the, the, the audience he couldn't finish and, and left.
0: He thought it was the 1980s again.
3: <laughs> like Google it.
0: <laughs> ah, that's a shame.
3: Dude, he's been out of shape in, like, horrible flight over a decade.
1: <sighs>
4: well, thanks for bringing me down. Bringing up my, uh, which brings me to my ugly. Uh, the Celtics are all sorts of a mess. So you kind of buried the lead there when Crystal was at her executive suite game. Uh, she was watching the Celtics run into a buzzsaw. Apparently, Jason Tatum, Duke's own Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart were the only ones trying. Uh, Tatum put up I think what Morgan three, three 50 point games yeah. in the series, but they still lost. Um, and my other ugly that I've had to. They're the brunt of I've been saddled with this. A terrible pun. Is that Medina Spirit uh, tested all their tests, whatever, finally came back. <laughs> and, <laughs> absolutely cheating. So I'll own it. I'll own it here. Absolutely cheating. So give your mornings back.
0: While give you're your at it. While you're at do you want to admit to UNC's decades of cheating and deflate gate for the Patriots? It's honesty hour on miserable and reckless.
3: Or in the trust tree. Nope. Well, don't worry, we'll, we'll do
0: it for you. Nope,
4: because those weren't proven. I'll, when something's proven, hey, Medina Spirit—it I mean, was proven. You just didn't both. get
0: consequences.
4: But both yeah. of those were proven. They, yeah. it, you just didn't like, get in trouble for it.
0: But yeah, it was yeah, different
3: for both teams.
4: Well, in that yeah. case, in that case, based on Dustin's uh, analogy or ba- Dustin, Dustin's statement, um, then I'm actually taking back what I said about Medina Spirit because Medina Spirit also did not get in trouble for it. Um, and the winnings were still kept. So actually not cheating at all, even if it was proven. Um, typical for the teams I like. Uh, Patriots, nothing happened. Carolina, nothing happened. Medina Spirit, nothing happened. So anyways, uh, Logan, you're good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like, like older sports. Spend
1: it.
2: <laughs>
4: Two years. Well, yeah, I saw that. I was just like, there were some consequences.
0: <laughs> just like Rose sports, admit nothing, deny everything. The Ryan Angle story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what if I told you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I have a good, kind of good, and a bad. The good, um, well, the, first start with the kind of good because uh, that is... Something I was happy about today until I realized what could possibly happen. NC State obviously beat the crap out of the bats came alive for the best offense in the ACC this year and had nine extra base hits, five home runs against Alabama in the two versus three matchup in the Ruston um, Regional today. Beat the crap out of Alabama and put themselves on the winner side of that regional. We have a very realistic shot at winning this regional. We're a very popular pick because um, we're matched up against the the lowest ranked one seed in LA Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech. And um, we have a good chance of getting out. Why that's only kind of good. Who would be our likely super regional opponent? None other than the best team in college baseball, Arkansas. Those guys crush the ball. They have uh, the best pitcher in college baseball right now. So <clears throat> even if we get out, there's not much to be excited about other than expecting a two to nothing, butt whooping at the hand of uh, the Razorbacks or as they have on their home stadium, the Omaha hogs, because they're almost destined to make it to (laughs) Omaha this year.
2: (laughs) That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Logan,
4: if it makes you feel better, I heard this today. The only number one team in the country that's made it all the way to Omaha is the 99 Miami team that was loaded.
0: Oh, maybe. Maybe. maybe, So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) That leads into my bad. Um, NC State shit is a real thing, and it reared its ugly head once again. Um, NC State was back in the ACC championship game in baseball for the first time since 1992, which also happens to be the last time that NC State has won anything of a conference title of significance in men's sports between baseball, football, and basketball. And So I wasn't even born yet the last time NC State won a conference title in something that really matters in men's athletics. They get in there uh, against a team that on paper they we had our season series canceled this year, but on a team that we on paper should beat. Duke. We ran into at the wrong time where they're uh, they were playing really good baseball. They were the hottest team in the ACC with 12 straight wins and their pitching was fantastic. The guy that they had uh, go on the mound. He literally threw the best game that he's thrown all year. And, um, hadn't, if you looked at his last six appearances, he hadn't pitched anything like he did They uh, we had four or five hits total in that game. And then this is where NC state shit, uh, reared its ugly head again, about in the bottom of the sixth, we had made some noise. We had our leadoff batter, Austin Murr on third base. And, uh, with one out, we had a deep ball to center field. What happens next and what should have been a routine tag up? to tie the game going into where we had the momentum and Chris Villamon was dealing and Duke could not even get on base but he took off a little early had to go back to third base then he couldn't make it to home what is something that people have been doing since high school one of our best players screws up in the ACC championship game I'm telling you folks NC State shit is real I know that we'll live another year without a championship in Raleigh so go ahead Cursed. It's very much cursed. Raleigh sports are cursed. Oh six for the Canes, 83 for national title for the Wolfpack. And then when it comes to conference titles, 92 and 87 were the last time for basketball and baseball. So what's
2: the what's the theory on that? Balvano signed a deal with the devil. For well, the-,
0: the the a lot of people's joke is that the fan base uh sold their soul to the devil for 83 and we have never recovered since.
2: <laughs> it sounds believable these days.
0: It really is because we're the only power five school literally the only power five school without a championship in the last 20 years in any of the three major men's sports that's i'm not shitting you we are the only power five school it's ridiculous it's,
2: it's pretty incredible actually
0: yeah at this point like it's not just bad luck like there's something like we're lit, like the red sox pre-2004 where the cubs pre-2016 at some point We have to break through. Don't know if it's going to happen. After all that negativity, I've forgotten my other good, so it doesn't matter at this point anyways. We'll move forward to the weekend (laughs) (laughs)
1: look-out. at is miserable and reckless.
4: (laughs) I'll keep the miserableness going. We'll do the lacrosse update. Sorry, America. UVA are back-to-back national champions. Could they be any more on brand with their wine-sipping, lacrosse-winning school? Could have had Duke and Carolina. Sorry. Instead, we had Maryland and UVA. That concludes the lacrosse update. Sorry, I wasted everyone's time for the last six episodes. Fun fun
2: fact: uh, We're going to have an intern this summer that's on that championship team.
3: Can you go ahead and fire him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for playing lacrosse. As <laughs> they walk in, like hold
3: up the UVA flag and burn it in front of them, and they're like, "And you're fired."
0: He's like, "You're going to hear from my daddy. He's a lawyer."
3: Pretty much. <laughs> I hope your uh, office
4: hang or oh, I messed that joke up. Don't worry about it. Just let's <laughs> keep moving. I was going to make a wine coolers joke. Just keep moving. UVA <laughs> sucks. UVA sucks.
3: <laughs> oh, you know what? Just, just invite him into the conference room with nobody in there and go, well, you should fill that home just like your football stadium.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no one here. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't get the joke. The same could also be said for Carolina football. All right, moving into the next part of the weekend look at. <laughs> so, Dustin, I know you. We've both have talked about it a little bit, but here's your floor for the ACC champions, Duke baseball. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man, I mean, I covered it first ACC title tournament title, uh, ever in the history of the program. They basically, since the '60s, I think have not done anything in baseball.
1: So, you know,
2: again, it's it's coach-driven. Chris Pollard has turned them into a much better program in his tenure. You're seeing uh, some of those results. and But as we talked about before we even started this, so much of this is timing. How are you playing when you get into a conference tournament? How are you playing when you get into any sort of postseason atmosphere? They were playing well at the right time. And so, sorry, Wolfpack, but... Champs. I needed a championship this year. I got two of them, Duke Baseball and Duke Softball. Yeah,
0: you needed a championship. I don't want to hear that shit.
2: <laughs> it's been like a couple of years since I've won anything. Yeah,
0: Duke and Carolina need another championship. <laughs> like I need a hole in the head. Sounds like you need a hole in the head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm celebrating it. I don't really even they're playing with house money being in uh they were on the bubble to get into the to the college world series bracket. If they lose, not a big deal. We're well, still they, they did
0: lose. so <laughs> <laughs> They're not out. They're not out, but they did lose. Yeah. We're still You guys, are, you guys still to against in state
2: for the ACC tournament
1: championship.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: We got the trophy.
0: Yeah. Another year of Elliot avitt being our best coach in the three big sports. And the best we can do is we have one college world series appearance. We have, four super regionals and no conference title. So if you if you cannot tell, it's like you're almost not even upset in Raleigh anymore because you've come to expect it. It's really is battered wife syndrome. And I'm I'm sitting here and looking at it where my buddy texted me about not to go into detail about this because we'll have more on it later in this episode. But when Coach K retired, I hadn't seen the news yet and he he said something to me about, oh, one more year, huh? And I thought he was talking about one more year of not having a championship. I said, yeah. I said, what can I say? We've expected this. We lost another championship. He goes, that's not what I'm talking about. I was like, oh, well, this is just how normal it is for me.
3: Jesus, dude. Eating in like, well, those that can't, say, Hey, man, how's life going? Does it does not matter? We're all going to die one day anyway.
4: Have <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys I'm ever seen happy. the movie Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell? Where he just sits, yeah, come yeah. yeah. on, Yep. That's that's Logan right now in his NC State polo. His hat's on backwards because who cares? Laws don't matter anymore. He's just holding his Copenhagen or whatever you got there. Ten, just just messing with it. Just just sad. He does.
0: Yep.
2: He America. He looks
1: sad.
0: It's just a. It's just another year of nothing but disappointment from Wolfpack Wolfpack athletics. But don't worry, I'll be hyped for football season. Where suddenly all the experts. Put that in quotations. I picked us to finish second in the Atlantic, only to have Mart ripped out again. So,
2: wow. don't worry. The Redskins will be good this year.
0: Yeah. That's another one of those things. Wait till next right. year. Redskins, Wolfpack. Yeah. I've picked a lot of winners. At least the Braves are good in the regular season. The playoffs, not so much.
3: <laughs> All right. Well as, well, as Angle would say, it sounds like you need to pick better teams.
0: Yeah, well, at this point, I, I can't just leave my teams. I'm just going to stick with them through all the misery.
3: That's what I'll say, dude.
0: No, but... All right, so bringing back... Uh, we debuted the very inaugural Southern Spotlight last week. We'll throw it over to Ryan for this week's Southern Spotlight.
4: All right. Um, so why are we doing this? We're basically trying... We talk a lot about sports, as you guys know, but we're trying to bring in some other things that are either places we've been or places we'd want to check out or. Um, Things we think are cool or whatever that are distinctly Southern period. Um, A little less sports, a little more culture, that kind of thing. So one of the places that I found uh, that I want to talk about this week real quickly is Champions Chicken. It's exactly how it sounds. Champions like champions. Sorry, Logan. Chicken. And uh, their slogans are 40s and foul because they're known for their hand-dipped chicken and 40s. I I do mean the 40 ounce beers. And their other slogan is family, friends, and fried chicken. I don't understand how anyone on this podcast can't get behind that. They're known for their Mississippi Delta food, fried chicken, hand-dipped to order. So I do mean they, they dip it when you order it. Handmade hot tamales, which are popular down in that region. Um, seasonal gumbo and crawfish when you can get it. And then for dessert, they do have handmade key lime pie and strawberry cake. Um, if I haven't got your interest yet, let's talk about the who as opposed to the what. It's Seth and Chrissy Champion, hence the name. Um, They opened the first champions in Chattanooga, Tennessee, back in, I want to say it was, it's recent, it was in 2007, maybe 2009, don't quote me on that, right around then, they've been voted the best fried chicken in the South, eight years in a row, um, from 2012 to 2019, so that's, that's definitely saying something, Uh, USA Today picked them as the 20 best, uh, one of the 20 best fried chicken, fried chicken places in America in 2019. In case you guys can't tell that we do this podcast live and in one take because i'm stumbling over my words here <laughs> and uh um these are their locations just if people are interested or think of it uh they're in chattanooga they've got three locations which are the originals they're in murphysboro tennessee which was kind of my experience i've talked in the past um about murphysboro and smyrna being just south of tennessee um nashville or, yeah nashville and then uh they're in alabaster alabama People are like, where the hell is that, dude? It's just south of Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham is kind of an up-and-coming arts and culture and music uh, city down there. They're in Daphne, Alabama, which is just outside of Mobile. It's a suburb outside of Mobile near Gulf Shores. Madison, Alabama, which is home of the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which we've talked about in the past on this podcast. And then they're in Muscle Shoals, uh, Alabama, which is home to the Muscle Shoals Sound. Very famous studios, actually called the Fame Studios. Uh, Muscle Soul sound is like Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Aretha Franklin, all those guys back in the 60s went to this area of Alabama to kind of blend together bluegrass, blues, rock and roll, soul, country, gospel, all kind of melded together into this melting pot. And so it's kind of cool that basically they decided that like this particular area of the country they were going to go after and that's it. Like they're not interested in expanding. They're not interested in having a lot more locations unless they're in this very specific area of South Nashville to to Northwestern and Southern, if that makes sense, Alabama. So literally right along the Mississippi. And uh, I would encourage people, if, uh, maybe we'll post about it, but I would encourage people to go check them out because it's, just, it's literally just fried chicken, 40s, hot tamales, and, and sides. So if you get a chance to go, check it out. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool little place, Champion's Chicken. My,
2: my takeaway from this is that Chattanooga
1: has three of them. Yeah. That's, that's where they're from I mean, origi- That's where they're from originally.
2: That's, that seems outrageous, but this place sounds outrageous. So, whatever. I love it. I pulled up their website while you were talking. It's like just people holding chicken in 40s like on the website. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's, they tell you when you walk in, when you're ordering, they say, don't forget the koozie because they'll give them to you for free. You get a 40 koozie for free that says Champions Chicken on it. I mean, there's, there's how long do you want me to go? There's, there's a, they've got dollar bills stapled all over the wall where you can like tell people where you're from when you've come to visit. I mean, I could dive into it more, but (laughs) championschicken.com. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome.
0: All right. So moving into the next segment, give everyone an update because I know everyone is chomping at the bit to know who is winning in our down on the farm update for our minor league baseball teams that we have all attached ourselves to. So as always, Ryan, uh, is with the Nashville sounds, Morgan Durham bulls, me when S stripers and Dustin, the Norfolk tides. So the, the way it ranks on this podcast, as of today, Nashville sounds in first at 21 and five, Morgan's Durham bulls, 18 and nine and second on miserable and reckless ranking rankings. Uh, the Gwinnett Strippers, 15, and 12, and 3rd. And the Norfolk Tides bringing up the rear at 10 and 16. So, um, I look, Ryan, I got to say, your team has been killing it. What have they won like 15 straight, right?
4: Something like that. Um, I, I looked it up on Wednesday, and I, I came back today to update the standings, and it looks like they won two more. So, um, I don't know how we're ahead of Durham. I'll just leave it at that. Durham's scoring a ton of runs. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> um we'll leave it at that it sounds a really good 15 straight is 15 i'll take they went from six and five to 21 and five so
0: yeah well they've been killing it they won six straight over the striper so <laughs> another team that i randomly attached myself to they cannot win anything so keeping with the spirit you might be this the reason
2: that they're not good this year i could be or it could it be could be you
0: i don't <laughs> ever so i i've talked about this with uh With Ryan Krysik before, and I don't want to ever hear anything from him about Maryland being, you know, not winning anything because they won a Big Ten championship recently. So, NC State is the new loser in town, not Maryland.
2: They also have a more recent national
4: championship.
0: Yeah, but it's like I told him, two still beats one, so.
4: Maryland was (laughs) literally in a national championship for lacrosse this weekend, so.
0: Yeah, but again, if we want to talk about sports that don't matter, we can talk about wrestling and men swimming and diving and everything, and the NC State dominates that. Olympic sports, eh.
4: We've done that on this podcast, and your moment may be coming up because right around the corner is the Olympics. Yeah, I bet America's right. waiting for our, with bated breath for our Olympics coverage. <laughs> All I want to know is the medal count. I really don't want to talk about the Olympics.
0: <laughs> Especially the World Cup, who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, right. don't care. Different thing,
0: yeah, it's different. But again, it stands (laughs) to be said: who gives a shit? (laughs)
2: Basically, it's all outside of America, and I don't really care.
0: Soccer is not an American sport, and this is America. Last I checked, so
1: love it or leave
4: it. Are we done with minor league baseball? You got it. Yeah,
1: I think
0: so. I think so. So throw it over to you for the brand new segment: Florida or the field?
4: All right,
2: let me pull this up on my email. You
4: now, cool. So we have a new segment that the guys uh, uh, and I decided to come up with. This kind of comes from back in the day when I was a very young child. So I'm probably going to date myself here on a show called Love line They used to have something where they would list a headline. It was a call-in show with Dr. Drew and uh, Adam Carolla oh. from The Mansion. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and they used to have, I believe it was called Florida or Germany. And they would just have a headline. And basically, so I'm, I'm kind of just ripping off of that. But basically, we did Florida or the field. You could think of it as Florida or the SEC. It's basically, did this headline happen in Florida or did this headline happen in the South? So the guys don't know about it ahead of time. I have it in my email. I've taken all the stuff out of it that would identify, I think, uh, for them to know. So we'll just go around and guess. All right, so here's the headline, guys. Uh,
1: removed with all the... Geographic details. Local man with gun shoots at local man with banana. Florida.
4: Now here's here's Florida. Here's the story. Never it's quick. Never bring a banana to a gunfight. A local man was jailed Tuesday after allegedly shooting at another driver who threw part of a banana at his truck. The local news station reported that the road raid incident occurred around 8 a.m. in the local area after an argument between I'll keep the guys' names out of it, went south on Highway 19 North. That's clever, whoever wrote this article, to say south on Highway 19 North. Uh, This person reportedly tossed what appeared to be a partial banana towards the other person, striking the side of his vehicle. Then the other person allegedly responded by firing their handgun at the second person, shattering their passenger side window and causing a shard of glass to cut the victim's leg. The person who fired the gun was locked up in Pinellas County Jail and his bond was set at 12 grand.
3: So, first off, I'm going to say that's Florida. Secondly, it sounds like this guy's played one too many games of uh, Mario Kart.
0: That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're playing it right, Cario Mart. (laughs) Exactly.
3: I don't know know if
0: anybody knows that game, but it's definitely worth playing. But uh, yeah, I think it's definitely Florida.
3: Also, playing a game called 10 to 15.
0: well for 12 grand
3: 10 to 15 years but yeah
4: (laughs) so in this first example of florida or the field ripped directly from this headlines the answer you guys were correct this is an easy one to start it is florida y'all went three for three
0: (laughs) yeah that's definitely sound
1: effects ding 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 yay (laughs)
0: <laughs> or if we're talking about Florida, where's the myth?
3: <laughs> <laughs> where, where's the bath songs? Oh
0: my. The original
4: headline was Florida man uh shoots gun at man with banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Florida. That's
4: ridiculous. Oh my goodness.
1: That's it. <laughs> God bless Florida. Come back for another episode of Florida of the Field. <laughs>
0: All right. So yeah, definitely you guys are going to have to look forward to that each week. If, uh, if you will, there is a Florida man challenge out there that I would love for our listeners to, uh, send to us. It's called, uh, the Florida man challenge and you type in your birthday and Florida man. And then the first article that pops up is your Florida man story. It's always very (laughs) interesting to find out what happens on your birthday in Florida. (laughs) Stay tuned for another episode of Florida man or the field. (laughs) All right. So throwing it over to Dustin for the anchor topic this week, I feel it's rightful for him to introduce
2: this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, as a resident Duke fan, it was a big week. It's a big week for sports, but in particular, anyone who cares about college basketball and anyone who's a Duke fan coach K announced, uh, that at the end of the 2021, 22 season, he would be retiring. Um, his journey at Duke began in 1980, uh, which means he'll be embarking on his 43rd season, uh, when the next when the new season starts. So the decision isn't completely, um, shocking. We all knew he was closer to the end of his journey as opposed to the beginning. We just didn't know when, you know, he, he, in many interviews, people would be like, when are you going to hang it up? And he'd be like five more years, but he said that for like 15 years. So, uh, we just didn't know when it was going to happen, but this week he made it official. Um, We all, I'm sure, have thoughts we want to share. I wanted to run through a couple of areas. Um, You know, if you read anything about it, you know about Coach Gay and his accomplishments, but I am going to run over some of them here. Um, To set the scene a little bit, and we've talked about this on this podcast before Duke wasn't a terrible basketball program before Coach Gay got there. They'd played in a national championship twice prior to him getting there, but they were not at all what they are right now. Um his coming to Duke and then over time his uh his just tenure of excellence has turned them into a blue blood program that is really head and shoulders above almost anyone else out there. Um so if you look back over his career, you know, there's the five national championships, there's 12 final fours there's 15 acc tournament championships he's got 1170 wins which are three and a half times as many wins as there are losses which is just mind-blowing um he led the u.s men's team to three gold medals and two other gold medals in other international competitions um and by far his most important accomplishment was he made it to the final game or the final round of the Southern 64 right here on the M- miserable and reckless podcast, right, which yeah. I know he's very proud of. So <clears throat> there's a, there's a whole lot more to the story of his success. I mean, if you, I'm sure people have read it all over the internet. If you're really that interested, you can Google it, but it's mind blowing. Most people would love to have just a portion of what he did um, during his time. Um,
1: but you know, there's more to the story than that,
2: and you know, y'all feel free to like add in on this as as we go. And I know, Angle, you had some thoughts on all of this in particular. But one thing that uh, that I've heard a lot, not just in recent days, but over the years, is Coach K and his relationship with his players, and how they are lifelong relationships. Uh, it has always stood out to me. Just stories that I've heard. He was always about the journey with his players. And he often heard him talk about moments. He, uh, he was like, I've done it all, but that, uh, but they are doing these things for the first time. So I'm living their moment with them. And he said that a lot. And I think that kept him, um, young, it kept him engaged and energized for a game when he's 74 years old, uh, right now. And he's going to turn 75 coaching his last season. Um, some examples that I've heard over the years that stood out to me is, uh, if, you, if everyone remembers what you know from ESPN Jay Williams, he was one of the top prospects coming out of college, drafted by the Bulls, um, went into the NBA, was going to be, everyone thought, just an all-star. He got in a motorcycle accident. And they, after that motorcycle accident, he was in the hospital, first person to the hospital, but to his bedside from Durham, Coach K. And he he really, like, if you listen to him tell the story, it's a very emotional story about just how much he appreciated and how much it meant to him that Coach K just dropped everything and came to him um, when he needed it. Even John Shire has a similar story. Um, he What ended his professional career, in part, was he had an eye issue uh, where he lost a bunch of vision and he he basically doctors told him he wouldn't really be able to see that well out of his eye anymore, and that he his playing career was over. He called Coach K was I think his first one of his first calls after he found that out. The next day there was a doctor I think from the Duke community who flew to Chicago to be to help him like get through that, and that was because of Coach K. Um, Jay Billis, you know, he's talked a lot about it in the past week. He's probably one of the most forward-facing Duke alum just because of his job at ESPN. And um, he's, he said the most important decision or, and the most impactful decision he's ever made outside of his family is his relationship going to Duke. And, and linking up with Coach K, he talked about how when he, he hated his high school coach and when he was being recruited for college, his most important decision was he wanted to pick someone who he felt he had a relationship with. And um, he was like, Coach K was not accomplished at all at the time. You know, he was just some young guy trying to build a program, but he connected with him. And I think that connection is probably a big part of his success over the years and getting people to believe in themselves, to come and play for him, to believe that they can win. Um, I mean, there are multiple stories in like championship years or specific games where he looked at players and said, we're going to win a national championship this year, or we're going to win this game. And so they say, he doesn't say that often. And when he does, it often comes true. He sees it, they believe it, and then they execute on it. Um, So I don't want to go on and on about it, but I do say to just from a, a personal standpoint, he's meant a lot to me, even though I don't know the man, I didn't play for him, but you still draw those connections just over the years. He's the only Duke coach. Ever in my lifetime. I was born in 1986. He started coaching in 1980. Um, you know, it, it was it's just memories it's moments, kind of like he talks about with his players. It's moments of games you remember. It's moments of watching the games and cheering with your family or, or watching it with you angle. Uh, when we do the Duke Carolina game every year or, you know, championships and just how excited you are for those, be it ACC or be it NCAA. I mean, the 2015 championship was my wife's actual introduction really to Duke basketball. Like she, we had just kind of started dating as that season was getting going and we watched a bunch of that season together. And she was with me the night that they won the championship and thought I was a crazy man as I was jumping up and down screaming, but that was her like foray in the Duke basketball. So, and, you know, beginning of every season, so exciting and the end of every season, so sad. Uh, whether you win or lose, I, I always kind of go through about a week of uh, sadness that takes me a little while to shake out of. Um, I'm just grateful for all the memories, not just because of the success, but because of the consistency. And Coach K was the constant, is the, is the most constant, consistent sports figure in my lifetime. And uh, I'll always appreciate that. I'm really looking forward to getting to see this last year and try to sort of I appreciate that I'm going to be able to take a moment to appreciate it all throughout the year, as opposed to be surprised at the end of the year. And he says, I'm done. I'm not coming back. Um, So kind of after that filibuster, I want to throw it out a little bit and let y'all offer up. I know everybody's probably read and heard different things and has different perspectives on it.
1: Um, Angle, do you want to add to any of that?
4: I can. Based on what you said last. Um, it's really nice. You're going to have a whole year to really process this and think about it, especially since it takes you a week to process a Duke loss. Um, (laughs) uh, it's really nice. He didn't do a victory tour or anything like Jeter or Dale Jr. I mean, now he's just going to expect gifts from everybody. Apparently. Um, I know me and Morgan watched the Dan Patrick show a lot in the mornings and he came on the Dan Patrick show this morning and, uh, joked with Dan Patrick that, uh, he said, where's, where's my gift at the end of the interview. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and Dan Patrick was like, Dan Patrick, for those, of, I know a lot, of, a lot of people probably wouldn't have watched it. He basically said like, well, if you have a whole year, it's like a wedding gift. I have a year to give it to you. And Coach K, <laughs> Coach K to his credit, was like, uh, well, my wife always gets those. So I don't know how these things work. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty good.
1: Um, I'll take the shots first.
4: Um... I learned a lot about Coach K from the interview I watched this morning, especially because he was talking about his retirement. I could care less about Coach K talking about Marvin Bagley or Grant Hill. I will point this out before I start taking shots. Um, you mentioned the Duke-Carolina games with you, Dustin. Uh, I did as a Carolina fan um, because I knew that Coach K meant a lot, and he was the only coach at Duke that you'd had. And, and deep down, I kind of admired the guy. Um, I did buy you a Coach K bobblehead. I forget if that was for Christmas or, or for your birthday. And it's still it's a pretty cool. It's a still a pretty cool thing every time I go over to your house. I, I like seeing that it's prominently uh around. And I know you got a Grant Hill signed basketball as well. So uh yep. true 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 and true Duke fan. And go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, it's 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 right in the middle of the it. it's prominently on the <laughs> shelf, out of Emmy's reach and uh for everyone to see.
4: It's a it's a weird feeling as a Carolina fan to walk into my buddy's house and realize that I have helped supply his uh, Duke paraphernalia uh, on his shelf there. (laughs) But now I'm going to take shots. First of all, they said on his uh, they asked him about his retirement. They said, do you have any hobbies? He said, uh, didn't really answer. And then said, well, I mean, I've just been coaching a lot. And then they kind of pressed a little bit more. And he said, I like to plant stuff and cut stuff down in the outdoors. Okay, I'm a little worried about Coach K. I mean, he's just going to be wandering around the yard. Like, what's he's going to be trying to recruit like the rhododendrons? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm a little worried about him. Uh, on his players, he mentioned that Woj texted him first. And then he mentioned that Quinn Snyder texted him during the Jazz playoff game. Uh, he didn't think of his players first, as you've pointed out so much, because he texted Quinn Snyder back while he was watching the Jazz playoff game. Now I have a problem with this. If Quinn Snyder is trying to coach a game, why are you texting the man back? The man's already texted you during the game. Don't text him back. It is clear that he is doing something on the sidelines. So all this coach speak about how he loves his players. Clearly he does. I, I believe the jazz won the game, but uh, he did mention, I thought this was cool that he wants a picture of all the players that have played for him together. That is a cool moment. I'm a Carolina fan and that would be a cool thing. I, I have no clue how they would do that. I, I would assume some of them may not want to or may not be around. I, I haven't done the math on all that or the research on all that. But um, interestingly enough, I know you're a big Grant Hill fan. Uh, he mentioned that Christian Leitner was his best player by far, and I thought that that was very interesting. Um, he said it was far, he was far and away the best player. Uh,
2: it's probably true. He, he, Christian Leitner is arguably the greatest collegiate player of all time. He said top He's in the he's on the short list.
0: He's on the short list. Yeah,
1: he said top five for sure. Um, I mean, four. I mean, he went to four Final Fours. Uh,
4: Morgan, you can fill in on this. I can talk about the relationship with Carolina.
1: I think you, I think you're. I think
3: the uh, the photograph will be pretty cool for Coach K, like you were understand.
1: I will not be purchasing that for you, Dustin.
3: Well, I know Coach K will have a much better job of getting that done than UNC will with Roy Williams. I
4: didn't ask. I didn't ask you to take shots.
3: <laughs> I thought this was to take shots. I mean, like, of course, like McCants, he won't be coming back to take any pictures. <laughs>
4: uh. You're gonna have to do your research on that one, America.
3: <laughs> they can let him hold the whistle.
4: Well, I would hope that
3: I, to keep this Okay, sorry, back to Coach K. No, keep just,
4: this meeting spirit going. I hope that Kyrie Irving doesn't have to get on a plane because he might figure out the earth is round, but sure.
3: Anyway, anyway, back to <laughs> Coach K. It's it's definitely definitely going to be weird a weird scene after the, and after next season, not seeing him uh roaming the courts. Yeah. I'm sure the guy that they got picked out is got more more than capable of getting the job done. But it's it's gonna be an eerie fearing that eerie feeling
1: not seeing him coaching.
3: Just cause it's everything we've all seen since we were kids for Duke is Coach K there. So it's not sure how I feel about it. It's definitely I mean it's Makes me feel a bit better about my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure both me and Logan are are looking down at both of you two going. We <laughs> get
2: too excited. Um yeah, I mean Morgan, you're uh my buddy Jim, who has been a very uh loyal and good listener to this podcast, uh, said compared it to when Frank Beamer retired to him because he. Yeah was hardcore virginia tech and femur was all he ever really knew so i i can i think it's equitable to that logan i know you're a wolf pack fan these days but you grew up duke fan
0: yeah so i mean i mean you're right like everybody knows i'm really really big pack fan now obviously but i grew up duke being my first love in sports um the first game i ever remember watching of any sports game ever was the 2001 national title game. Um, our family was watching. I remember. I, I believe Dustin, you were there with us, and um, we were watching that. It was they won the national title. With Shane Battier, senior year. Chris Chris Duhon was a freshman. Jay Williams was on that team. Gilbert Arenas was on Arizona's team that year. They ended up winning that. I want to say 72 to 62 or something like that. First college yeah. basketball game. I I remember watching, and um, it it kind of started things off for me with Duke basketball. And obviously Coach K was a very, very big part of my childhood up until now. Like he's still my favorite coach in any sport ever. I got the opportunity to meet Mike Krzyzewski, um in 2015. Um, it was right after they won the national title. I was interning for some political thing in Raleigh um, and Coach K and the uh, 15 national title team were being honored by the state legislature here in North Carolina. And I, I got invited to go to that, um, ceremony. And then afterwards I got to meet Jeff Capel, John Shire, all those guys. Um, and then I, I met Mike Krzyzewski, got to take a picture with him. And it was, it was kind of funny cause like the, they had a professional photographer out there i don't know if i made such a great impression on uh, meeting one of my sports idols but had a professional photographer out there that they were charging pictures and after, i waited strategically for him to get done um taking pictures and then i got a moment to speak with coach k and i asked somebody randomly and i didn't realize who i asked i was like i handed my phone to somebody, and said, hey do you mind taking a picture with me and coach and it was the professional photographer and coach k <laughs> looks at me and goes don't ask the professional to do that. <laughs> so, that was my probably my first impression on Mike Krzyzewski, but it was a very surreal moment um getting to meet Coach K. Um like I said, big impact on me. Like it, I I remember though one title I remember vividly, the 2010 title I was in high school, 2015 title I was in college. Like I remember my bo- my buddies at NC State came over to watch it with me. I was like, jumping up and down like a crazy man like you were Dustin when when uh, Tyus Jones or should I say Tyus Stones hit that shot to solidify that 66 to 60 win over Wisconsin, uh, big time game. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's funny angle. You talked about like he, he hasn't had a lot of whole lot of um, hobbies that he's had in his life because a couple of things come to mind. Like, I think that's why he and Kobe Bryant had such a close relationship because uh, Phil Jackson always talked about Kobe Bryant only had basketball when he wasn't playing basketball. He was in the gym shooting shots. That's the difference between him and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had, um, you know, baseball and, gambling if we're being honest but um kobe bryant you know it was just about basketball i think that kind of was a big reason why he and coach k had such a strong relationship because coach k in a lot of ways is the same way and it makes me think about what uh roy williams uh, got approached by the media here recently he was playing golf and roy's a big golfer he found out about it on one hole and um, he, they came up to him on the next hole and said, Hey, have you heard that Mike Sashevsky retiring? He goes, Yeah, somebody told me on the last hole I had about 500 yards to, to think about what I was going to say when I knew you guys were going to come up here. And Roy Roy, and Coach K, for all if people that may not know, like they're really good friends, uh, a lot of mutual r- respect between the two. But he said, He goes, Yeah, Mike is a fantastic human being. I'm paraphrasing here fantastic human being. He's like, He he was great for the game of basketball, great for college basketball. He said, There's only one thing wrong with Mike Sashevsky. He doesn't play golf, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just it's it, it's surreal to see someone that I um, grew up thinking that the man. I mean, look, the man looks like he's never aged, thanks to the jet black hair hair dye that he uses. But you know, even even now as a pack fan, most pack fans have a respect for Mike Shushevsky mainly because one, his record and his resume is undeniable. But at the same time, um, I, I have to bring up the fact that. He and Jim Valvano were not close friends when they were competing against each other. Valvano was more of a young, hotshot coach around the same time as he was and had earlier success. But Coach K ended up having more longer term, better success sustained. As soon as Valvano uh, was gone from NC State and he was battling with cancer, um, he was at Duke Hospital and Mike Krzyzewski... Uh, ended up going to visit him and they become really good friends uh, throughout that process while he was battling cancer. And they said that coach K was one of the most frequent visitors who spent some of the most time with, with Jimmy V and that speaks to the character of the man, um, somebody he competed against and admittedly wasn't that fond of while there were competitors across the sideline from each other, but ended up becoming Fantastic friends in the waning moments of someone's life, and and going out of his way to spend time with someone who he before didn't know that well, and what didn't have an established relationship. But he took the time to get to know the guy, be a friend to him when he probably needed a friend more than more than any other time. So, like I said, Mike Shustevsky, hell of a coach, greatest of all time in my opinion. And you know, uh, it's it's tough to, I guess, see him retiring because like I said, never thought that it would happen, even though deep in the back of their mind, you knew it had to, I mean, he's nearing 80 for God's sake, but like, you know, legendary coach, legendary resume, but I think he, he sometimes doesn't get the, the uh, credibility he deserves as actually being a, a really good human being who cares about those around him and, and, and goes out of his way for, for those types of things. So hats off to Mike Krzyzewski. And hopefully as he said, he doesn't go on a run next year. He's, he's going to finish.
2: Yeah. And uh, on the Valvano piece, I believe I'm correct in saying that uh, the Don't Ever Give Up speech that they play every year during uh, uh, Jimmy V Foundation week. Um, Coach K and I think Dick Bactel were the ones who took him to the ESPYs to give that speech. They traveled with him and helped him get on stage. Um, I think he was like throwing up in the bag on the plane on the way there. It's it was pretty incredible uh, the bond that they ended up forming. Um, that's correct. You mentioned that this morning. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy, and that's the other thing. You know, like we all like to yeah. give each other a hard time here, but if you t- listen to the coaches, all the coaches, not all the coaches, but many of these coaches in that age range, Jim Beheim, Roy Williams, Coach Gay, they're all friends, and they've all formed bonds and relationships, and like rivalries are important. But they also don't get in the way of their actual friendships, um, which is something I think people can learn from if they actually take the time to pay attention to them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty crazy seeing him, not seeing him on the floor anymore. It's going to be – I really am glad. I mean it. I'm glad I get the year to kind of process because it's going to be weird.
0: Um it really will like one thing i did forget to mention that i wanted to bring up was uh, i surprised mine and dad uh mine and dustin's dad uh when i was in college i have been on the message boards for all the on uh it's now 24 247 sports 24 7 sports but it used to be scout.com i've been on that since i was 14. i f- ended up finding two tickets for a reasonable price to ca- at cameron indoor stadium to see him play the university of pennsylvania i believe and me and my dad got to go to cameron and see coach k when his um tied bob knight for the 902nd win to be able to tie him for the number one spot in um, uh, college basketball men's history. And that was a cool experience to be able to be there. Um, I mean, and then, like, I, I've been fortunate enough to go to Cameron multiple times and be a part of that once, thanks to Dustin uh, at a Duke Carolina game. But, you know, that was a cool experience to be able to see, like I said, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, and where, where he tied his mentor, Bob Knight, at 902.
4: Hey, Dustin, if I can find um, third party tickets. Would you go to a game? I can't guarantee it's going to be the Carolina game. I don't think I have that kind of cash flow. But <laughs> I've never been inside Cameron Indoor, and I ain't going to show up for John Shire coaching. I can tell you that much. So.
2: I mean, yeah, I definitely want to go to a game this year. Cameron prices are going to be outrageous. like. Um,
4: but, yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't have kids, so – my wife's going to be listening to this podcast five days down the road. Sorry, babe. He already agreed. So, <laughs> <laughs> I already told
2: my wife I'm going to at least a game somewhere this It'll year. Have to so. be something like Middle Tennessee
3: East or something.
2: Well, we yep. we always play
3: neutral site games.
2: We don't go to Middle Tennessee yeah. East.
0: I, I can give you a tip of something I've done uh, because I live right down the road from Durham. It might be a little harder this year because of the circumstances. But typically, when you go early season games before you get into conference play, there's a lot of this is more difficult for you, Dustin, and you, Ryan, because of where y'all live. But um, if you're ever down here, you go ten minutes prior to tip off, and they have. Um, there's always people with like multiple tickets that they sell at face value for the play when you're playing New Mexico State or any directional yeah. school that comes to Cameron. So it's doable to get tickets to those games, but conference games a little more difficult. Yep. Make sure. That
3: yeah, I mean, it's... tickets came off the Wish website.
2: we'll we'll look into it we got to um and uh it it will be different you know it's a it's definitely a new generation coming into the acc um but you know college basketball continues to evolve it's time had to come sometime i don't know if anybody wants to sentence or two on the shire higher uh as i've been calling it but i don't hate it it could they could have done a lot worse
3: um it sounds like it, it's like i it sounds like they uh definitely have been talking to him to do it for a while to be that yeah. quick of a hire to be that quick of a hire
1: they they claim they went through a they
2: claim they interviewed multiple candidates and that he was the best candidate you know i don't know if they had this in mind for a while or not um but uh but it is interesting. Um, he'll be 35 when he takes the job, which may make him the youngest D1 coach ever. He's also the only uh, co- men's basketball coach ever to win the, a championship as an alum, win a championship as an assistant coach, and then become uh, head coach. So, yeah. Hey, if it works, if, if it works out, he might have 40 good years, and he might coach. K.
0: yeah. I mean, look, I look at this where I'm. Personally, I like the hire just because John Shire was somebody from my era of Duke basketball, where I watched it a lot. John Shire was steady as a rock when he was asked to take over the point guard position in his senior year in the 2010 national title team. And look at his numbers, Ryan. I mean, assisted turnover led the ACC. Facts don't lie. But he, um, he was steady as a rock, as a point guard, one of my favorite players. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see him get the opportunity. Um, I do think that it's very akin to the Hubert Davis hire they hired a guy with no head coaching experience. And a lot of that I think has to do with the Duke and Carolina mentality of keeping it within the family, so to speak someone that has ties to the university that played there and with the, the previous coach in some ways, but um, there there's high upside just like it is with Huber Davis, but there's, it also could easily just be a, just to bring some realism into this segment easily could just be a, a stopgap where he's a sacrificial lamb following a legend. And then they go after somebody that might be better suited for the role at a blue blood school after that. But I'm pulling for him. I hope he does well, but we'll see. Time will tell.
3: Yeah, he definitely get, he'll definitely get a couple of years by five at, at, at
1: minimum. Yeah. I mean, you know, whoever, these jobs are tough to take no matter who you are the fan
2: base needs to understand that he's not, no one doesn't matter who they hire will be coach K. So people are going to have to adjust expectations based yeah. off of that.
0: And coach so, Case coach K said it best during his, um, his uh, press conference he did after he announced he's not going anywhere. He said as long as he's around, he's going to have his off office at Duke University and be involved in some capacity. So it isn't like he's riding off into the sunset and not being involved with Duke Athletics anymore.
2: Yeah. And uh, Shire did his press conference today and he actually um, he said that as much. Um, he ba- he basically, to sum up what he said, he's, people are like, isn't this? You're standing in the shadow and this is difficult. And he's like, I don't view it that way. I view it as I have a resource, the best resource available ever right next door to be able to talk to. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. It, I I agree it's high risk, but it it's got a lot of upside um and there is no other better option within the Duke network than I, I just there's no one out there running a program right now that really deserve to have that
4: seat. So, I've been, I've been thinking this since I heard about this. I'm a Carolina fan. I've been a Carolina fan since I'm a kid. I'm obviously more of a Carolina football fan than I'm a Carolina basketball fan. Two favorite sports get played at Keenan, but um, I, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> they do. Just
3: no, you're more of a basketball fan. Don't don't start
4: bullshit. You don't <laughs> even, don't even, <laughs> don't. There's been 17, 19, 25 episodes all about.
3: People, people, no, no, people. Just listen here, real quick. People, he, he was massive basketball fan. It wasn't until like two years ago he started <laughs> dribbling his football garbage. Okay. You mean
2: when they went down to
4: the rest home and got Mac? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure when Logan was talking about the article of him golfing, he was golfing with Mac. But uh, I think he was. I'm, yeah, I'm
3: giving, I'm giving you crap, man.
4: I know. I'm a huge football fan. I'm a huge Seriously, lacrosse fan. We'll leave it at that.
3: You're more a basketball fan. <laughs> Great.
1: <laughs>
3: what, uh, Go ahead. What I was going to say is
4: that it is interesting to me because I was trying to think of something where in my entire lifetime, I've comp- competed as a fan, if that makes sense, against somebody. And I don't know that there's, that there is – a uh an option the closest thing i could come to is like tom brady leaving after 20 years or something like that but I mariano rivera retiring but like even he wasn't around for the length of time that coach k has been around um i i'm saying that as a red sox fan i just uh it's one of these things where like jeter does that's why i brought up the jeter victory tour. it's like well that what the hell are you supposed to do boo the guy like you can't like the guy went out and won rings and was a class act and like so like it also doesn't help that he coached at army and I live in Annapolis and I'm a Navy guy. So like, that, it's like, come (laughs) on, like even before I was alive, I like, I was predestined to like, not like this guy. So like, I just, I, uh, I what I'm trying to say there is that he honestly, I'll go on record and say this, he's a class act. It's going to be really weird to see him not be on the sidelines. I like to go, pay my respects. If it's, if I'm going to go to Cameron for the first time, i like to go and see him do it as opposed to somebody else do it. I'll go on my own just to say, I went to go see him coach. I just, uh it, it'll be really, really weird. It's been 37, I guess now, years of my life that he's been coaching that I've remembered him. And I, I don't know that I've been competing against a rival for that long in any sort of sport. I just, I just maybe golf to, do golfers last that long? I mean, how old's Tiger? Tiger and Phil? Is that Phil Phil's Phil, probably the oldest Phil's on the 50. on the
0: main tour right now because he, he's about to turn 51 this month, I believe. Tiger's getting up there, right? But Tiger I Tiger is 45, 46 at the oldest, something like that.
4: But I wasn't I wasn't a big Tiger or Phil guy growing up. I mean, this is something that like, you know, there's someone like that you're you're going up against two games a year and to that point, Dustin, when you're talking about, we talked in the past about going to Charleston and everything else. So I'll keep it quick, but no person understands that unless they're in it with you. So like, that's part of, that's basically the whole reason why this podcast exists. We we bitch back and forth because we're all in the ACC together. And like, that's why I can just wait until Morgan's done. and I can be like, <laughs> like, you know, you're wrong, but I've also known you for 20 years. So like, I'll just let you continue. I just, you, they don't understand it unless they're in it with you. And that's, I think what I'll miss when I see John Shire teeing up against, against uh, Kevin Keats or John Shire teeing up against Hubert Davis or whoever Virginia tech rolls out that year. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the question I have for everyone is that over, under how many times of, I, I say about three over under, how many times do you, do you think we see the Shire face when he's, he's the head coach?
4: I wasn't going to go there.
1: but
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> That 2010 uh, championship that you were talking about when I was making fun of Shire, I actually left my house by myself. This is a true story. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was asleep and I drove to, Morgan helped me. What was the name of the place? Yeah, right next to the movie theater, Fox and Hound. And I sat in the second half of Fox and Hound by myself. I knew some of the waitresses and, and, and more staff there and watched the second half of the Butler-Duke game because I was like, this is going to be great if Butler takes down Duke. And then I, of course, Gordon Hayward, you a-hole. Miss it, back, Last second shot. Ah, uh, Duke. I'll miss, I'll miss those experiences. I, only Duke or Coach K could get me out of bed to drive to a bar, to watch the end of a game, hoping they would lose.
0: At Fox John- and Hound, John- nonetheless. <laughs>
4: yeah. and- John Shire ain't going to get me to do that. That's all. <laughs> and it, it's
2: great. Uh, it, it's great because Shire was a part of that. And also Shire's talked about it in the past. He said that championship was important for Duke because they had kind of hit a point where they weren't – they weren't as dumb. I mean, they were winning games, but they hadn't won a championship. I know, I know this sounds ridiculous, but they hadn't won a championship in a while. And people were kind of like, all right, well, what's happening here? And basketball is changing. The one and done train was starting to go. And it really kind of turned a corner in their recruiting. And, um, hey, we'll see what happens. Shire's been the head recruiter on a lot of the big recruits the past few yeah. years. Now, he had – Coach K's name sitting behind him, so
0: yeah, we'll see what hey.
2: happens when it's not happening.
0: Very briefly, to back up your point there, um, 2009, they got blown out in the Sweet 16 by Villanova. I remember so many articles, and I remember at the time, I even was questioning it. Um, people were saying, is, is the Duke dynasty over? Because Duke was still winning a lot of games, getting a one seed, getting a two seed, sometimes a little bit less than that, but they weren't winning in the tournament like they used to. And then that 2010 season, Duke was like pretty good but they weren't really good until late in the season. I remember specifically two things that happened in the media that ended up not aging well, as they say on Twitter. Um, uh, Doug Gottlieb, I think is his name. Gottlieb once said that this Duke team is alarmingly unathletic and they can't win a national title. They went on to win. Another article, I think written by Pat Ford, Clown from, I think, ESPN. He said, nine teams that can win the NCAA tournament and one that can't. That one was the team that won the whole fucking thing. It was the Duke Blue Devils. So, Pat Ford, suck one.
4: Yeah. Um, we, done, we did about 10 minutes on Roy Williams.
2: <laughs> we could have done a bigger segment, and I was, and I was, and still am very complimentary to Roy. Hey, Not I, Carolina,
0: I, I, I brought up Roy during the Coach K thing, so.
4: Well, yeah, I had my notes on him, but I let him go. I'm just asking, has Coach K, one last jab, has Coach K ever gone to Jerry Allen's? Uh, well, he's too busy wife.
0: studying film.
4: Yeah. yeah. Apparently he <laughs> has, <no laughs> has no hobbies. He likes to walk around and cut shit down and then replant it. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's why he's
2: a success. Well, I'll leave you on this. Um, Jenny's office... The day after the, the announcement, had a question. Their CEO asked the office a question that the office couldn't answer. But I know everyone on the, this podcast knows the answer to: Does Coach K have more championships than Dean and Roy combined?
4: Oh, uh, let me guess. The 1924 championship doesn't count. Well, well unless Dean, unless I Dean know was Dean's around. It's pretty old, but but
0: it, it, <laughs> Dean wasn't even around for the 57 title.
4: The answer is Coach K won all five of Duke's championships. Yeah. Promotions. Yeah,
2: but Dean and Roy combined. Tied.
1: Tied, yeah. it's a
2: tie. Yeah. But no one in in their office could do it. And there's allegedly like a Duke fan. And I was
1: like, how could they not?
2: I went on a little tirade about that. But anyway, I'll leave y'all with that. I knew everyone on this podcast would know the answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, That fake news, 1924, uh, Baker, uh, a retroactive title from a bakery in California, title notwithstanding, but... Anyways, moving into next topic. Uh throw it over, on over to Morgan for everyone's favorite topic, Morgan's cancel corner.
3: since uh, had something to cancel hasn't it? So I'm excited. Welcome. I'm ready to end on a grumpy note. Welcome back to everyone's favorite cancel corner. Uh pick something out of from it to the ground and not but get back up. <laughs>
0: Carolina basketball, put the foot on the throat. <laughs> I
4: expect good things from this cancel because of your time spent being a single dad.
3: Sure. Let's keep it short and sweet. I'm canceling everything. Carolina. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had that, that, that panic with the gas stations and everything that was uncalled for and not even needed. We weren't running out of gas. You know, they had plenty of it everywhere to refill the gas stations. But our good friends in the media and social media decided they wanted to take to the airwaves and the internet to scare everybody and just make them go run to the gas stations and fill up trash bags and Tupperware containers wow. and, and even <laughs> even even book bags full of gas and just create shortages throughout everybody's town and city. So I'm canceling them this week because they caused so much pain and headache for me just trying to get around town. Yeah. There's no need for it. Every time the gas stations ran out, they were refilled that exact same day or the next day. So therefore, there's not a shortage, just a shortage of smart people. So...
1: So, once you filled up your gas
4: in your cars, you were mad at everybody else for filling up the gas in their cars.
3: No, what I'm trying to say is that the people kept going back to the gas station and refilling because they thought they are going to run out of gas. People are filling up multiple portable gas tanks of, of gas because they thought there was going to be yeah. end-of-the-world shortage, which it wasn't.
0: Then, like you said, the people that brought bags and everything, like, that was a good idea.
3: I, they had pictures of people filling up, like, 30, 40 gallon tanks of gas to take back home. Like, what are you doing? Like,
0: the best one I saw was this chick that was at the gas station and she was trying to fill up a a, uh, laundry basket that had holes in it.
3: Yep. Yeah,
2: I saw
0: that. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. There was also another idiot who was on her phone and looked like it was a cigarette in her hand, (laughs) filling up a gas tank. Oh my God.
4: Darwin Award.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> is it is it is it back to normal down there? I, I it, guess everything, is, it, everything yeah. is
3: Normal. All
0: everything right. from I, gasoline to COVID is back to normal at this point.
3: I mean, you can find everything you want anywhere at this point. But it just Uh-oh. it, it amazes me. Under I understand people do need to get gas every day if they're traveling every day. I'm, I'm talking about the people who didn't need to go sit in a 15 car lineup for no reason.
1: It it it, it 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 would it would yeah. We, to my knowledge, we didn't have this problem up here. I just
3: No, you didn't. Not was, not to the same degree. No,
1: it's,
0: it's no one had it to the same degree as North Carolina.
3: No, because wow. it, it was a pipeline that was affected. it was the one that was coming from Texas up to Greensboro. And so that's why you didn't really have any issues angle. No, Um, I just people in North Carolina alone are just a special kind when it comes to stuff like this. But
4: you guys were sending me me the photos, and I was like, you've, you've like Logan, the one, the one that either you or Morgan sent us, you guys both had boatloads of them. And it was like, you can't possibly think a trash bag is going to hold gas all the way
0: home. And then you're going to put in your SUV in the back in the hatchback and be like, yeah, we're going to take this home and leave it. It reminds me of there's an, there's always an episode of always sunny for everything yep. It's when uh, they try to solve the gas shortage and <laughs> they were going to hold on to the gas and sell it. <laughs> I'm
2: just a Texas old man. needs
0: <laughs> Every group, needs, cards, a, every group needs a wild card. <laughs>
3: Ooh, it a, what, why aren't the brakes working? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he rolls out the back of the truck. <laughs> oh, America, if you have not seen the gas shortage episode of Always Sunny, go do that as soon as this podcast is over, which
0: will be here in just a second. <laughs> and on that note, go ahead, Morgan.
3: To finish it up, yes, I am canceling the media and the social media causing mass panics. There's no need for it. Just things in general. Like there's no way to stir people up who are easily stirred. Because you know they're gonna go and do it. So tune in next time to same canceled channel, same canceled corner.
1: (laughs) All
0: right, on that note (laughs) that that concludes everything for this episode of Miserable and Reckless. I'm Logan here with Ryan, Morgan and Dustin and we'll see you next time.